We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Goldman. I'm joined today by Monday Night Mike. Fachi, what's going on, brother? That is I. We are here on Monday night on the eve of Monday Night Football. Jets and Bills could be a good game. We'll see. Maybe it's the same old Jets. Maybe it's something new. <laughs> but Alex, nothing changes over here. We got Pacer basketball to discuss. We're not just talking about anyone. We're talking about the man. I felt like I was Aladdin rubbing on my magic lamp over mm. here to get this guy to Indiana, you know, wishing on a genie. We're talking about Obi Toppin today. <laughs> Speaking of New York, we're talking about a guy that left New York. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure you saw this, but great stuff from Shams today with the reporting on sitting out of games. And it basically said that, hey, if stars sit out during games, that they could be penalized. Teams could be penalized for that. And they finally gave us the qualifications for what a star is. So it's someone that's been an all-star on the all-NBA team for, you know, one of the last three seasons. So I think that settles it, everybody. Tyrese Halliburton is a star, and everybody's favorite starting point guard for Team USA, Jalen Brunson, is not. So the league said it. We didn't have to say it, Fudge. I love how there's, like, within the last three years. So it means, like, <laughs> guys can lose star status, you know, like, pretty quickly. A guy like Russell Westbrook now, it's like, mm, nope. By the new <laughs> definition of a star, he is no longer one. Yeah, he can sit. <laughs> we're okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. But we are here to talk about our season goals, and we're going to talk about the power four. The Pacers acquired this offseason, Obadiah Richard Toppin Jr. I love saying the full name because, you know, Obi, it, it reminds me of my friend David's dog. You know, it, it's like Obi doesn't seem like a human name. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi and my friend David's dog. So anyway, Obi Toppin, Pacer, I'm curious, Fachi, we're going back and forth with our season goals. And this is a fun episode because a new player that we haven't really got 
got to see what he could potentially become. We've seen some flashes of it, but we haven't seen him in full effect as, you know, a go-to guy, a guy that could be in a starting lineup, a guy that could have a significant role instead of what he previously had in New York. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited about Obi because I really do feel like the sky's the limit for a player that, you know, has had a, uh, you know, he's, he's, Potential has been capped the last few years playing behind an all-NBA player in Julius Randle. So this year, it feels like our expectations for Obi could be all over the place. Mm-hmm. We saw on Twitter some people were saying, oh, win the dunk contest, average 20 points per game, do this, do that. It's like expectations now are really high. But I think, you know, for the Pacers, you didn't trade much at all. You're talking about two second-round picks that were, quote, the lesser second-round picks that the Pacers own. So it makes you feel like, hey, it wasn't us that invested the eighth overall pick in Obi Toppin. So whatever he gives us, it feels like you're going to be happy with. Maybe some people could expect more you know, than others. But here's some of the expectations or goals that we have for him. Starting first, I always like to start small and work my way up. In this situation, shoot 36% or better from three. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is each of Obi's three years in the NBA, we've seen his volume of threes go up from 1.4 to 2.3 to 3.7 attempts per game. At times, he's even said he was kind of forced to stand in the corner, and it was not his ideal role or fit for the Knicks. But we saw his attempts, as I mentioned, per game go up. So did the total volume. So we saw 85 three-pointers attempted his rookie year, then 169, then 247. Well, in the 15 starts that he had, he shot 40 of 91 from three. That's good for 44%. That's insane. So that's a big difference. It's not to say that, hey, the three-point shot, it's broken, because that's not the case. We saw him go from 30 to 34% over the last few years. Still not a good percentage, but it's on such an... um, you know, non-consistent basis. So I do think that he'll be able to be a pretty solid, you know, average three-point shooter, which is now, like I mentioned, is a couple episodes ago, is 36%. With Jarris Walker not looking to be a big three-point threat, it really feels like outside of Miles Turner, there's not many great shooters at the four and five. So we kind of need Obi Toppin to at least be a very capable three-point shooter. I'm hoping for 36%. Yeah, the only thing I'd push back on that and say is unless Jordan Moore is in the rotation because that guy is a is a bucket from three. But yeah, I, I would love to see him evolve in that area. And one of my goals, Fachi, kind of goes in line with that. And I want to see him improve as a half-court player because mm-hmm. if there's anything we've heard about, we've heard about, oh, he's great in transition. No, he's yep. going to be one of the best transition bucket getters there is. And we're probably going to see a lot of alley-oops from Tyrese and him when they get out in transition. And that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be showtime in Indianapolis, right? But at the same time, when you think about it, a lot of NBA playoff basketball is half-court basketball because the defense just improves and you make some mistakes, but you know it just feels like you're not seeing as much transition basketball in the playoffs as you do in the regular season. So I'm just curious, how can he evolve as a half-court basketball player? I, I think that's one of the most interesting things about his game is he's probably not going to be a guy that you put in the corner, but at the same time, how are they going to utilize him in the half-court? Because I don't think Miles wants to be just a guy that's standing on the outside once again. Nope. So nope. I think that watching him develop in, in the half court is going to be interesting. I think that might be the most difficult thing for Carlisle to find some things for Obi to do in the half court. But, you know, there's other things we can talk about as we continue on as our season goals for him. But I think just evolving as a player, not just being a guy that stands in the corner, but 
a guy that has the willingness and the desire to really grow on that half court side because like you said you can dunk all the all the fast break dunks you want but you can have all the fast break dunks you want but if it's a slow down game how are you going to impact the game can you be a spot up guy can you be a guy that takes people off the dribble i think we can potentially see some of that from him i just want to see how they're going to use it. and it's a valid point because if if you asked anyone okay what's the first thing that comes to mind for obi top and they think of a fast break dunk i think they really do and how many of those opportunities is he going to get per game? I don't know. Yeah. It's not like he's going to score all of his points off of fast break dunks. It's not realistic. So I think what you said is going to be a challenge to him is to say, hey, what can you do in the half court on a consistent basis? And I look forward to finding out. For my next goal, I have average six rebounds per game. Hey, I, I have the same thing. It. it just feels right. That's what we need from him. We don't need just like, this isn't the Showtime Lakers. We're going to need you to, you know. I just said we are. Well, I mean, look. (laughs) I mean, I I would love for us to be. Look, I would love for this to be nonstop, fast break, throwing the ball up there, this, this, that. We could be. We could be, and I hope we are. I know we're going to be. But you just said we're not, so we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, because it's basically the same for Obi. We're going to need you to do more than dunk. Now, in this situation, maybe six rebounds, maybe it. Sets the bar a little bit high. But on those same stats that I mentioned, the 15 starts, I know it's not a large sample size. In those 15 starts, he averaged 5.7 rebounds per game. Okay. Doing it in about 25 minutes per game, which feels to be on sounds reasonable. Exactly. Six sounds reasonable. Now, here's the thing. The Pacers, this is a team that very few players above six foot seven really contributing for us. OB six foot nine with a seven foot two wingspan. Hmm. I think... Averaging six rebounds per game is realistic. And I'll tell you where that would land for the Pacers last year. That would be number two on the team because Jalen Smith was number two at 5.8. So we're going to need rebounding help. Neesmith was undersized, you know, playing playing the four. He averaged about 3.8 rebounds per game. Jordan Awar averaged just under five. We don't know exactly what his role is going to be. If OB can pull down six boards per game, I think it can go a long way for this Pacers team that drastically needs help on the glass. You know, I just kind of got lost when you said a seven foot two wingspan, and I was thinking, how crazy would that to be to have a seven foot two wingspan for yourself? I mean, I'm six three; that my arms would just like be hanging down to the ground. But it's just crazy to think about how long that is if you think about it. Like, <laughs> it's insane. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. And I mean. I think rebounding is going to, have to be huge from him, and it's going to, have to be a team effort, especially if they want to get better defensively. And so. To piggyback off that, I did say that I had six rebounds, but I also said average 14 points a game. Look, that does not seem like a lot, but if you look at his numbers last year, Fachi, 7.4 points per game and 2.8 rebounds per game for the season in 15.7 minutes. I feel like with a larger role, like you said, probably somewhere in that 25-minute range, he should be able to pretty much double his statistics from last year. And your sample size of what he did as a starter, that's great. Um, What was his minutes per game as a starter? Do you have that? It was about 25 minutes per game. Okay, so yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like there's going to be opportunities for him to maybe even have more than that. I think 16 and 7 doesn't seem unrealistic It doesn't. for a guy like him. You know, I was trying to be a little bit, you know, not over the top. I was trying to be a little bit safe here. 14 points, 6 rebounds, doesn't scream off the page. But I do think that if maybe you do 16 and 7, that does scream off the page a little bit more, especially – if you're if you're looking at guys that have made drastic improvements, but still, just doubling your stats is huge. And if you're on a winning basketball team, people are going to take notice. 
They really will. And the stats that you predicted for him, I feel are super obtainable. They're like that feels like to me, maybe not the seven rebounds, but the 14 points to me kind of feels like the floor. I mm-hmm. think if Obi Toppin averaged, say, 12 or 13 and five, it would be a disappointment because it would be like, oh man, there was a lot of hype around this guy. And like he showed great things in flashes, but 12 and five, like what is this? You know, no, I feel like. The numbers that you said, I really feel that he can average that, if not more. I expect him to average more because I'm just really high on him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. And that leads me in to my next goal. I tweaked it a little bit from the other episode. I'm saying win most improved player uh, of the year. Not be a finalist. Up. Be a not, finalist. Yeah, not runner up. Not top three. Win it. Put yeah. the league on notice after you've been slept on for the last three years. When given an opportunity, OB has excelled. Talked about it. Those numbers, the averages, 25 minutes per game, 15 starts. He averaged just under 21 points per game, just under six rebounds, three assists. Alex, he did it on 58% shooting. And 44% from three. He wow. was a plus 81. And he was really good in a limited fashion. So let's see. What could he do? Well, you know what? Those numbers, when they tick up to 28 minutes per game, he's an all-star at that point. 25 points per game, 55% shooting, 43% from three. Problem is, even smaller sample size. So in this situation, I feel like if OB can come out the gates hot and the Pacers are a winning team, you would hope that he would be rewarded, but it would have to probably take averaging maybe, you know, 17 and six. Is that enough to win the award? 
I don't know. Because I told you, you know, you're always up against that sophomore who was a top three pick that, you know, you expect to take a big jump. But he's got things on his side. He's got Tyrese Halliburton looking to get the most out of him. An offensive style that fits his play. He's in a contract year. I just feel that this is the stars could be aligning for Obi to really put the league on notice and get paid. And we've seen guys in contract years give a little something extra. Well, you know what? He's going to get a lot of extra minutes this year, and I think he's going to make it count. The biggest thing for him is not to press too much, like you said, because it is a contract year. I think that's one thing that you always have to remember with these players is they get a little antsy. They get a little excited to go out there and prove that they can do more, and that's awesome that we're giving them this opportunity. But at the same time, we don't want to, like, overdo it and i think neesmith did that a little bit last year it felt like he was uncomfortable in his role until he finally got settled in but i think winning most improved like if he can average 16 and 7 pretty much double his stats from the previous year that's going to be huge but i think it's also going to be dependent upon how well the pacers play no doubt if the pacers can be a top four top five seed in the eastern conference then he's definitely going to have his name in the hat if he's got those statistics now it's tough because the most improved player like we talked about on the last episode with our bull predictions, it's tough because they've been giving these out to guys that are all-stars in the making, like Obi Toppin. I don't necessarily see all-star potential in him right now. I think that it's, it's way too early and we haven't like through his first three years, like hasn't proven that he can be one of those guys or be in that conversation, you know, but it's, it's okay. I I think that Obi Toppin, uh, I wanted to throw this out here because Alex Wiggs, who is a a follower of us on set on Twitter, he actually submitted that he wants Obi to be in the running for most improved player of the year for one of his, you know, goals for Obi Toppin this year because we did throw that out there to kind of see what fans had to say. And I thought that was interesting because a lot of people are excited for Obi to be in that conversation. But I, I think that a lot of it's going to depend upon how well the Pacers do. And I still just wonder if 16 and 7 is enough to really win the award. I, I think- got the recent uh, winners pulled up and it's a little scary. Yeah, okay. you're talking so low marketing last Lord year. Low marketing right? was like 25.6 points per game and 8.6 rebounds. He was an all-star. <laughs> John Morant before that, 27.4 points per game, six boards, seven assists. Julius Randle, 24 and 10, six assists. You'd have to go all the way back to, in 2019, Pascal Siakam won it. He averaged 16.9 and 6.9 rebounds. That is in line with the 17 and 7. Yeah. That we mentioned, but he also shot a blistering 55% from the field. So hey. it's it's going to be tough, but you know what? If Obi Toppin, uh, now I'm backpedaling a little. If he finishes <laughs> second or third, I'm telling you right now, the Pacers are going to be having a good year, and so <laughs> will Obi. You kill me, man. You just can't commit to giving it to him. You just can't do it. That's they're scary. Out they here. are. They are. And that's why it's like I didn't want to say he could win it. But I think being in the conversation is a good a good goal for him, right? Yes, it is. I mean, bull prediction saying he's going to win it. Cool with that. This is a season goal. So him being in the conversation, like a top five finalist, one of those type of things. Good for the stars. All for that. I just think Obi Toppin, he's really going to have to improve overall as a player, but I think Tyrese Halliburton's the best point guard to get the most out of him. Oh, yeah. So, and and playing in Rick Carlisle's system, he's going to develop. He's going to get better. I don't know how much better. I think that's up to Obi Toppin and how much work he puts in. But for me, this is kind of something we didn't talk about. I think we've kind of already implied it. But the first and foremost goal is he's got to win that starting power forward spot. Jairus Walker is is no chump, okay? No. When you looked at Jairus Walker play in Summer League, 
he was everywhere on the court and he's got a seven foot two wingspan as well. Vlachi. So Jairus Walker is a better defender. He's a better passer than Obi Toppin. So there are going to be things that Carlisle likes about him. Now at the same time, he is a rookie and we saw how Benedict Matherin was treated as a rookie last year, came off the bench. However, Andrew Nimhard was a starter for 60 games <laughs> as a rookie. So defense is what's going to get you on the court. And if Jairus Walker proves that he's a better defender than Obi Toppin and he can play a better, if he can be a better fit next to Miles, Jairus Walker, that is, then maybe he does edge out Obi Toppin. Now, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I think that Obi shouldn't be walking in here thinking this is his job. I think Obi Toppin should be coming here hungry. Like he needs to get this position to help with his next contract. So the chip should be even bigger because he's not been promised that starting power forward power forward spot. And we know the Pacers invested a good amount in, in Jairus Walker by taking him eighth overall. No, it's a valid point. And we, we heard from Chad Buchanan how much he loves the competition at, at just about every position. I mean, this Pacers team, there's a lot of, you don't want to say spots up for grabs, but there isn't a lot of guaranteed, oh, this guy has no, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. There are a lot of people that have to look over their shoulder. Obi Toppin is definitely one of them. I think it's going to bring out the best in him, but it is not a He might win the starting job, but it ain't a guarantee that he's going to keep it. So I think that that's going to be an awesome battle all year between Obi and Jarris Walker. But I got to throw one thing out. Alex, Mm -hmm. I have not been the same during this episode since you said, imagine having a seven foot two wingspan. (laughs) I just been staring at my arms like, where's the rest of them? You know, I mean, I don't even, you know, I'm five foot ten, so who knows oh, what man. I'm dealing with. Dude, you'd you know, be walking on your hands if you had yeah, a seven foot two wingspan. I, they'd be dragging on the ground. I mean, I so <laughs> I, I'm I haven't been the same, but you know me. I got a bonus goal. All right. Oh no. Of course there, we yeah. gotta have an extra one. There, there's always an extra one. I, I don't I didn't know where to really cram it into my top three, so I figured an honorable mention. It's just continue to buy into defense as if you're playing. For Coach Tibbs still. Because (laughs) you know, for for Tibbs, you can't get on the court unless you're going to defend very well. Well, I need him to keep that same mentality up because at times he couldn't get on the court because, you know, he wasn't necessarily known for defense. So I looked at it. Dating back to college, he's someone that could have a highlight block here and there, but not really do it consistently. As a freshman in college, playing near 27 minutes per game at Dayton, he averaged 0.6 0.6 steals and 0.8 blocks. Okay. All right. Well, not, not, you're not writing home about that. Now, as a sophomore, he played 31 minutes per game. He averaged one steal and 1.2 blocks. It's like, all right. Well, and then look at his three seasons in the NBA. He's never once averaged more than 0.3 steals per game or more than half a block per game. Now, take it with a grain of salt. The minutes haven't really been there. But I don't think it's realistic to just say, hey, you know what? He's got to average one block and one steal or anything like that. It's just buy into defense consistently because it's what this team needs. And if you don't play it, the guy behind you is known for playing it. Mm-hmm. And he might take your spot. And you have to remember, like, yeah, play like you're playing on Tibbs defensive teams. But let's be honest, Rick Carlisle has had some really good defensive teams as well. And I, I think that. I keep saying it, but I do think that Jim Boylan is going to have an impact on this defense. I think he will. We've, we've both been kind of hammering that point home. So 
No offense to Ronald Norad, but it just feels like Jim Boylan has a little bit more experience with it, and I feel like he's had more success with his defensive scheme. So we'll see how that works. Obviously, we know Coach Tibbs. You cannot take away what he does defensively because he is a defensive mastermind when it comes to coaching. But at the same time, the Pacers are going to play a totally different style. So I don't know how those two styles you know, go together, but we'll have to kind of figure that out. Maybe he can learn some of the habits that he had over there and bring them over here to the Pacers. I think the same way Bruce Brown can have an impact on the Pacers defense from what he's done in his career, just getting around different guys that have had different experiences with this team. I mean, playing behind Miles Turner, it's going to be kind of similar to Mitchell Robinson because Robinson is a rim protector as well, but offensively it's going to be totally different because Miles can spread the floor where Mitchell Robinson stands right at the paint. So overall, I'm really excited to see what Obi Toppin can do. He's got the physical attributes to be a defensive presence. I wouldn't say a great player, but yeah. he can be present on defense. He doesn't have to be like such a liability because that's what a lot of Knicks fans say. Like if you saw some of the replies from Knicks fans in my question about goals for Obi Toppin, it's like, can you play a lick of defense? This guy sucked mm-hmm. at defense the last couple of years. So to me, it's like he's got what it takes athletically to be a solid defender. Now he just has to put that together with the mental aspect of it and buy into the schemes, trust the players around you, because I think defense 100% comes down to trust. You have to trust your teammates and communicate. Communication is a huge thing on defense. And effort. That's true. There's a lot of things, but I think just trusting your teammates to help point things out, communicate with you. The effort really shouldn't be a problem here for Obi Toppin because he needs this contract. So He does. If we're worried about effort, then the guy's going to be riding the bench and he's not going to be happy with his role here. So I just think at the end of the day, if he can communicate well with this team, trust Miles Turner to have his back, trust the guys that are out there on the court with him to point out switches, call screens, that kind of thing, he's going to be better. I think that running zone is something too that could be interesting with him, depending on where they put him on. I, I thought it was funny last year when we saw Jalen and Isaiah play together, that they had Jalen at the top of the zone sometimes. And Isaiah was down low, you know, blocking shots. So mm-hmm. we'll see how they do these different lineup combinations, but we'll we'll see how does that seven foot two wingspan play out. It could be fun to see him and Jairus together at times too. So I, right. I just think there's a lot of potential here with Obi Toppin, and he's had a great opportunity in front of him to showcase why he can become a longtime starter in the league and potentially a most improved player. Yeah, I'm really excited. And we all know what he brings to the table offensively and I felt like that's where we went with a lot of our goals that it was like hey we're not blind to this he does need to improve as a defender and I feel that he will but that is definitely something that's got to be top of mind for not only him but the rest of the team because it's not like he's stepping onto this juggernaut of a defense it's like hey we all need to buy in so I think Tyrese Halliburton has said it before he's going to lead by example I think others will follow and I think that OB has every reason to just be 110% rejuvenated and bought in. And if he does, and he brings it day in, day out, he'll reap the benefits in a new contract. And I think that this is the exact type of hunger you want in a player heading into a contract year, but with a change of scenery where it just feels like, hey, you know what? That, That cloud above you, it's gone. It's clear skies now. Yeah, let's just hope that Obi Toppin is hungrier to have success than Rooster was. In this in the shrimp cocktail eating contest, people still talk about that one. That, that was a t- that was a tough showing. We I get mean, some private messages about that, and people are just like, "I was at that game, and yeah, it just really let us down." Rocking your setting the pay shirt on there, and then just really 
fallen short and just didn't live up to the expectation. I hope we do not have that same repeat happen with Obi Toppin. No, I really hope we don't. I mean, if, if Obi goes for maybe what was it, one dunk and then kind of says, you know what, I think I'm done, just yeah. as Rooster took down, what, one one shrimp? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's just not going to do it for the Pacers. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'd be let down pretty, I'd be let down pretty bad. Yeah, I think there's a team in the D.C. area that could uh, take on Obi Toppin <laughs> if that's how he wants to play. Join our friend Rooster over there. Yeah, I think they could. But um, I, selfishly, hey, Obi, uh, take down as much shrimp, dunks, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> go for it all. All right, because we're rooting for you. Win the slam dunk contest. That's my bonus one there, right? I think yeah. that's fair. I mean, why not? It's in Indianapolis this year. Let's have a show. I, they always usually usually put a hometown favorite in all of the contests. So he is by far most likely to be in the slam dunk contest. I mean, Buddy Hill, probably second <laughs> closest, but was, that's about it. <laughs> I was honestly just thinking about that right now. It's like, who would have been, say, if we were going to have a representative in the dunk contest for the Pacers, and it wasn't Obi. I mean, Benedict, like, I mean, I don't even Do know. It's like, are you looking at like, yeah. Like, what is it like? Is I Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Jackson, Jackson, maybe that's yeah, like, pretty that's what, that's what I thought, but it's like, you know, he's good at flushing lobs, but you wonder how he would be, you know, just kind of running and, you know, slamming. I, I don't know. Who knows? I'm happy. Obi's there to make that decision a lot easier for us. And I feel like that's going to be something that he's going to want to do. And mm-hmm. hey, it ain't his first time around, so no. I think uh, he'll he'll know what to bring to the table in front of that Pacer home crowd. Maybe we can just borrow Aaron, Aaron Gordon for the weekend, and he'll come out of retirement. That'd be great. Just make me happy to see him win a pay, uh, win a slam dunk contest that he rightfully should have already won in yep. a Pacers Here's uniform. Boy. Ag I man, know. great initials. I mean, can't say no, enough about that, him. Hey, no wonder why you like him so much. That makes perfect sense now. Yeah, and that's why you like Michael Finley so much. Yeah, right. hey, good good player <laughs> in his time. Good player in his time, but you know, you know. I mean, do we I have mean, any? Do I can't we think have of any? another MF that uh, <laughs> that was that was real good in the league. I'll probably Marcus Pfizer. Oh yeah, that's true. That's Anybody true. else? I, I'd rather Michael Finley. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any other MFers either. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we can. I don't know. I'll have to do, do, do some digging, but it's going to be hard to to beat Michael Finley. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Fachi, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook, Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace pacers podcast. We can find all of our video content. Unfortunately, this one will not be on there because we are recording this without video as we speak. So just a, a zoom call of me and Fachi, no video content for that one, but we'll have more up for you. And I'm just telling you by the start of the season, you're going to want to do it. I've already had some people reach out for the fantasy basketball. I'm telling you guys, we've already probably got about six players interested in playing. So if you want to be involved in fantasy basketball this season, Hit us up on social media. We'll get your email. First come, first serve. That's how we're doing it. But Fachi, if you're excited to see Obi Toppin catching some lobs from Tyrese Halliburton and representing the Pacers in the Slam Dunk Contest, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast.